One, two, three, four, five. Uh, yeah, so I'm probably going to take... Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Top 5 Report, the podcast that knows if you are Nelwyn or Daikini, we can all agree that the brownies are annoying and they should stay in the woods where they belong. My name is Drew. I'll be your host for this evening. Along with me is my brother, Peter, who is back. Howdy. Uh, Tonight is January 24th, and we have a laundry list of stuff to talk about, so hopefully our watching segment's a little short. Uh, Peter, you were sick last week. Feeling better? Uh, ish. I'm getting there. Um, I have a bit of a cough still, but I'm feeling way better than I was. I was just, like, really knocked out for the latter half of last week, so. Fantastic. But I'm happy to be back, and I'm happy to feel normal again, so. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> um, well, how about this? Let's jump right in, because, like I said, there's a lot to discuss, so. Sounds good. Um, well, did you watch anything while you were sick? <laughs> um, so I've actually watched a couple of stuff, but there's actually one specific, uh, uh, series that I wanted to mention, which is uh, Slasher on Netflix. I don't know if you've, you're familiar with this one or not. Okay. Um, you haven't watched it at all? No. Or any, okay, cool. So we started watching uh, Slasher on Netflix, and it's a uh, horror series, as you could probably guess from the title. But uh, Netflix does this weird thing with certain shows, and I don't know why they do this, because this is a Netflix original series, but for some reason... They start you off with season two. So we just clicked it like, yeah, well, let's check this out. And it sent us to season two before season one. Now it's an anthology series where every season's a completely different story, like American Horror Story That's style. probably why it jumps you to the... It probably jumps you to the current season okay. immediately. Yeah, that it would did be, that. That would be my guess if it's an anthology series. Okay, I mean, that's what it did. I just thought it was a very weird choice. Um... I, I agree that it's weird, <laughs> but if I had to guess, that's why. <clears throat> I'll give you... I've watched the whole series... Uh, I, I believe it's just the two seasons, which I've watched all of what's out right now, and I'll give you a quick run-through, but I want to go on a little tangent first. Sure. So, in the last, like, five years or so, I think uh, the horror genre as a whole has been doing has been doing two things that are actually really beneficial. So, like... The first thing I think they've done is uh, they've stopped kind of doing this trope where they introduce a ton of kind of like really stupid teenagers to get killed off. Like, because that was like a big trend in horror movies is like you get like all the dumb teenagers, you basically introduce a bunch of fodder, and then you just watch the killer go to town on all of them. But if you think of, like, horror horror movies, like, more right. recent ones, you've got, like, uh, The Conjuring, where it's, like, this really experienced demonologist couple that's actually really capable. You've got, like, Sinister, where, like, Ethan Hawke's character is, like, a really intelligent, like, writer. And you're, you know, they're, they're bringing in these more capable protagonists, which is really good. Uh, the other thing they've been doing is, uh, I think as a whole, horror movies have kind of skewed less gory lately they've kind of gone for more of a uh traditional just like focusing on the scares and not necessarily just a bunch of blood and guts and gore to freak you out and i think that's like worked out really well for the horror genre recently so now back to slasher so we watched season two first of the show and season two is filled with like both of those <laughs> tropes I've talked about, as well as just a bunch of other like horror tropes that are kind of annoying. So you have the main team that's like a bunch of, you know, your stupid teenagers who are basically <laughs> waiting to get killed off. And there's just over the top, like gratuitous gore throughout the whole thing. Uh, I won't go into detail to any of anything else, but it has an okay story and an okay mystery behind it. And that's kind of what kept me enticed throughout the whole show. So then we finish season two and we end up watching season one, which is completely the opposite. Like season one has really smart, capable protagonists. It's gory at parts, but all the gore is introduced to kind of accentuate parts of the story or, you know, scares. You know, it's not just gratuitous in your face gore for no reason. And uh, the first season actually has a... uh, 
the uh, antagonist of this horror, you know, masked slasher character has a really unique and uh, I think just really cool look to him. Like he's kind of this, uh, this, well, how do I want to say it? He looks like a medieval executioner essentially, but the way they made his his costume and mask is just really terrifying and looks really good. So if you're going to watch the show, I'd say watch the first season for sure because it's really good. And then if you like it a ton, watch the second season. But if you want to skip it, go ahead. Right. So that's my review of Slasher. So, Fair enough. And that's the most notable thing I watched. How about right. you? Well, so last week uh, when our brother Scott was here filling yeah. the chair, I said that I've been super busy and haven't had a chance to watch anything new. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I didn't want to come two weeks in a row and say I didn't have a chance to watch anything new. Um, so everyone understands what I've been super busy about. Um, I have... I do. I write a lot in my free time, um, whether it be I'm writing a script or a story idea or just like I, I just write a lot, right? So um, I wrote. I was asked to write a script for a dinner theater that's actually getting put on. Mm-hmm. So I had I've written a script that I'm actually going to get to have performed and see it be a thing. And then I'm also directing said show, so I have been super busy with doing the day job, the podcast, (laughs) like, you know, writing and directing this thing. So that's just basically kept me away for the past couple weeks with stuff because I've been, that's where my head's been. Yeah. Um, But I didn't want to come in empty-handed, so... I watched the first episode of Young Justice and the Outsiders. Oh, sweet. I haven't even watched it yet, um, to be honest. The first episode is kind of slow, but it picked, if you watch the first two seasons of Young Justice, this kind of picks up on the heels. It's clearly like a time jump, but it does yeah. pick up on the heels of previous events. And it kind of is like, oh, this is where my friends have been. We got to get into the new story. So it's more of a slow-paced episode, not a lot of action yeah. sequences to it. Because it's setting up this big thing that's going to happen. I really liked what I saw, and when we get done here, I might watch another episode or two, but I really enjoyed the first episode. Okay, nice. Um, As far as uh, remembering what was going on from the previous seasons, was it hard to uh, remember it, or was it kind of... No, because this sounds... (coughs) Because it feels isolated. Okay, Um, But, for example... Uh, Artemis as a character, if you mm-hmm. remember her situation from the previous seasons, that kind of plays heavily to how this all starts off. Okay. Um, Nightwing's situation plays a little heavily into... So, it's not everybody that you need to remember, but you're just kind of like, oh, yeah, okay, that's... I remember that. You know, okay. Like, it, there's no, like... This, it's not like they give you a previously on. It's more of a, oh, I remember what was going on in the previous seasons. If you've never watched Young Justice and the out and Young Justice in general, you could probably start watching this episode this season and just be like, oh yeah, right. I know these characters because I like DC yeah. Comics. But you should so. go back and watch it because it's really good. Yeah. Um, my other question is, uh, okay, so since it's not Cartoon Network anymore, the only thing I'd worry about is that the animation quality might drop a little bit. No, it looks like the... Okay, it, so that's good. The animation doesn't... It looks... Like it did when it was on Cartoon Network. That's awesome. Because that's the only thing I would worry about is the like the budget dropped and it's more limited no. animation or something. But yeah, sounds great. No, not at all. So, so all right. So before we get into news, <coughs> real quick, we have a listener. We actually have a listener email. Oh, okay, interesting. Um, which it's a this is a the shortest listener email ever. <laughs> um, but it we it came to us two days ago. Um, I'm I'm kind of surprised I didn't miss it. Uh, because it somehow ended up in our spam folder, but I just happened to look at the spam folder to see if there was anything in there, and, oh, hey, there's this listener email. Okay, nice. <laughs> um, it's from Henry, and he says that we should do a top five DC villains list. Okay. And to, what, to that, Henry, I say, first off, thank you very much for sending <laughs> that in. Um, and my response to that is, we plan on doing a DC villains list yeah uh that was always in the plan we did the marvel one around comic-con um con season is about to hit so honestly i was planning on doing it but i was thinking we could save it for a little bit closer to comic-con right on yeah time span so um if we do too many comic lists too fast then we run out of material (laughs) like we'll never run out of material in the comic book sense but i don't want to like jump the gun too quick on yeah so but it's also good to hear like 
if you know we've got fans who are waiting to hear a DC villain list, we can do that sooner than you know we were planning to originally. Right. right. So, yeah. yeah. So Henry, thank you for emailing in, but we will get to that list at some point. It was already in a, already in our thoughts. So, nice. Um, thank you. Yeah. Thanks a lot for the email. Um, with that being said, uh, let's talk news. <coughs> okay. Because we got a bunch. Uh, so real quick, X Men integration at Disney. We haven't gotten any official word on how it's going to work yet, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> there is a rumor because the Disney app is coming later this fall. There is a rumor that uh, because we have the Loki television series, the Scarlet Witch television series, the Bucky and Falcon television series, those are all apparently confirmed that are happening. Um, apparently, there is an X Men television series rumored at Disney, which, if I'm guessing anything, it's either A, an animated series that's going to get to the standard Disney channels that, would you know, if you don't have the Disney app, you can probably just watch it on Disney. Or B, it's going to be a live-action X-Men series that'll be on the Disney app. Those are my thoughts. Okay. I mean, it could be an I animated mean... series on the Disney app, but <laughs> I'm just saying, I my guess is that'll be a start. Um, there's nothing more to the rumor other than that. Mm-hmm. I mean, both things are pretty cool. Um, when I looked at the articles, it was very just bland like really no information it was yeah. like someone wrote an article because someone heard something and they had to yeah i think both options would be really fun i just uh the big question everybody's wondering is you know is it going to be part of the mcu and how does that get integrated that's Which, everyone's question mm-hmm. but if disney's if disney's really planning it if that rumor is a true thing then they're starting they're 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 it's it's their way of saying we're working on it. Yeah. And I think if it's animated, like if they're making something similar to the Ultimate Spider-Man cartoon series or something like that, I think they could easily start throwing MCU characters in and nobody would think much of it. If it's live action and they try to incorporate it into the MCU, people are going to have a lot of questions that need to be answered about right. like, well, where were the X-Men during the invasion of New York and where were the X-Men sure. when this happened and blah, blah, blah. So, sure. yeah. Um... All right, so you were here last week. Yeah. Spider-Man trailer released. Did you see it? Yeah, I did. What did you think of it? Um, I thought it looked pretty good. I uh, I wasn't the biggest... Um, I don't want to say I wasn't the biggest fan. I, was, I wasn't as excited about Spider-Man Homecoming as I thought I would be after it came out. And uh, this one, I actually think, looks like it's a little bit like of a step up. This I'm looks excited like a about... crazy step up, in <laughs> okay. my opinion. This nice. looks so much better than Homecoming. But my expectations of Homecoming, I think, were way too high. So okay, I fair don't, enough. I think, I think my, and I mentioned this last week when Scott was here, but I think my expectations of Homecoming going into the theater was Marvel just got their Superman back, yeah. and they're going to show everyone what a super a Spider-Man movie really is, and... I, I can see that a little bit. I had... And then I was let down. I had some problems with... Uh, Spider-Man causing more things to go wrong in the movie than I think Vulture ever did. And that, like, I was kind of <laughs> like, he's the villain of his own movie, so to speak, when you break it right. down. Um, and so I kind of had some problems with that. But uh, this one, I'm really excited for the, uh, like, I like the sort of, like, class trip to Europe uh, setting of the whole thing, and I'm kind of excited to see where that goes. And, uh, you know, Mysterio looks awesome. And Mysterio then, looks great. They... This is that thing where no one pulls punches anymore, and they're just like, that's what he looks like in the comics. It's time to make him that's yeah, what he's got to sure. look like. Mm-hmm. That's what the fans want. They just Us as fans, we just want you to get it right, and that's your one and only job. Yeah. Um, it's interesting because it almost seems like Mysterio is going to be like a uh, co-hero to Spider-Man for a little bit in this one or something like Maybe. that. Maybe. And know. then uh, the other villain in it, is it Hydro-Man, or do you know who the I, other villain they're showing? I couldn't really tell, and okay. it could be Hydro-Man, but what, See, I, the what f- I do know about the Mysterio thing... Um, <coughs> sorry, how about this? I'll come back to my Mysterio thing. Go with what you were going to say. Oh, no, I was going to say... Uh, they mine, showed... mine sounds... What I'm about to say could be very completely different from what you were going to do. Because yeah, was... well, I mean, they showed this... Uh, so in the trailer, they show this villain or monster or whatever, and it looks like this big guy made out of, like, rocks and gravel and stuff. And when I first saw it, I was like, wait, is that, like, Sandman or something like that? But then all of a sudden it shows 
a similar looking character or the same one made out of water and stuff like that. So it's like, okay, so it's either like this villain who has elemental powers or it's a group of elemental villains or I'm not really sure what is going on at this point. You or, know I mean? and I'll throw this out there, mm-hmm. it's just Mysterio because if you read the comics, you understand what I mean when I say that just could be because it's Mysterio. That's fair enough. Okay. <laughs> Actually, I like that angle. Cause, so uh, it might not be multiple villains. It could just be Mysterio. Okay. That would be a so, twist. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what I was going to say about Mysterio is because they have a very... They have Jake Gyllenhaal, who's a high-named actor playing this villain. And Mysterio is usually seen under a helmet. You never get to see his face. Yeah. But in the trailer, you get to see his face. And I think it's really cool because even without the helmet, it looked really good. Right, yeah. You know what I mean? And where, if you look at the Dark Knight trilogy, in Batman Begins, Christian Bale was Batman for like about half the movie. In Dark Knight, Christian Bale was Batman for more than half the movie. Eventually you get a character who's playing... You get an actor as a, playing a character who wears a mask. Their star power gets so big, suddenly they want FaceTime without <laughs> yeah. the mask on. So in Dark Knight Rises, I feel like Christian Bale wasn't in the mask enough. Right, I agree. Okay? Yeah. However, when you watch Ben Affleck, it was like 50-50 in Batman Superman. But when you get to Justice League, he spent a ton of time in the Batman suit. Sometimes he didn't have the mask on. So it was kind of the compromise, like, let's just put him in the suit, yeah. because he doesn't need the mask on on this thing, and then he gets his FaceTime and it counts, but he's still in the Batman suit, <laughs> and that's what fans want anyway. Yeah, so that's true. there's like this weird compromise there. So I thought that was really cool that they... I noticed that the first time I watched Justice League, and there's a couple scenes in Batman Superman where he's in the suit, but doesn't have the mask on. Mm-hmm. So in the terms of Mysterio... They could have just gone, well, it's going to work fine if you don't wear the mask in the scene. Yeah. You know? So so I, there's a whole well we could dive down about the whole like idea of actors needing FaceTime and whether it's better to just have them in the mask the whole time. And then well, you could get the, even into the concept of... Well, the brilliant, the most brilliant move <coughs> in terms of actors needing FaceTime is Iron Man. Mm-hmm. Because they had, they had to... Because John Favreau had the brilliant idea of showing Iron Man under the mask. Yeah. So, oh, yeah, yeah, for know, sure. So um, Tony Stark never needed to not be in the suit. They <laughs> could have always just, if you needed more FaceTime, here you go. Yeah. So um, And then, like, we could even get into the whole well of uh, should, like, do um, movie stars contradict the idea of, like, you know, suspending your de- your disbelief while watching a movie when you know it's, like, so-and-so actor on the screen, yada, yada, yada. But in this case, I think... The one thing I can say is, like, Jake Gyllenhaal, he, I think he's one of my favorite actors, and I think, like, I'm excited to see what he does it with this role, even if he is not in the mask the whole right. time, you know? So I think it would be, like, maybe a little bit of a tragedy to keep him, like, covered up with the typical Mysterio crystal ball head the whole time, you know, because he right. is such a good actor, you know, so. Yeah. Um well, let's. I don't want to run too long. Yeah, for so, sure. Um, let's jump to uh, Oscar nominations. The Oscar nominations have happened. They're mm-hmm. out. Uh, the Oscars airs on February twenty fourth. We still don't have a confirmation of the host. It's probably the Avengers from the last time we talked about it. <laughs> um, but the big news is that Black Panther got a Best Picture nomination. Yeah, I saw that. Um, now, I did some research because I had thought that The Dark Knight actually got a Best Picture nomination. It didn't, but it got a crap ton of other nominations. So Black Panther is the first comic book movie to get a Best Picture nomination. Mm-hmm. Okay, so congratulations to Marvel. I mean, the movie's great, so congratulations to Marvel. And congratulations to Black Panther for getting that nomination. I honestly don't think the movie's going to win, but you got a Best Picture nomination. As far as this world should be concerned, if you are on the list of Best Pictures, you are a Best Picture, period. Um, Because the Academy can only pick one, but they have a list of what the Best Pictures of the year are, and you made the list. Yeah. Um, I mean, and if, if you do look at the Best Picture list, like... I mean, we could talk about, like, whether, you know, does Black Panther deserve to be a nominee or not, but when you look at the list, think of, like, which movies on that list actually influence, like, the culture as a whole, and I think right. Black Panther's, like, if not the top spot, like, 
damn near close to the top spot of that list, right. you know. Um, and that's a really good point in terms of deciding on the best picture and all yeah. that stuff. But my my issue with okay, so I think Black Panther is a great movie, but you have Infinity War was nominated for visual effects. Yeah, I think that Infinity War was a better movie than Black Panther. I also think that there are other movies in the Marvel Universe that are better than Black Panther. Unfortunately, they didn't come out this year, so they can't be on the list for Best <laughs> Right, Picture. right. Um, there was a thing on the internet about, I saw it like almost right after the Oscars got, the nominees got released, The um, there was a big thing on the internet about The Dark Knight being a better film than Black Panther. I will agree to that, but The Dark Knight didn't come out this year. Mm-hmm. So, you know... Um, so just either way, the, what we need to take away from this, whether I think it's a good movie or not a good movie is completely irrelevant. If you think it's a good movie or not, that's completely irrelevant. The point of the fact, the fact of the matter is this comic book movies have been around for a really long time and they're going to continue to be with us for a very long time. Having a movie of like Black Panther or any comic book movie making the best picture list with the Academy makes it look legitimate. Mm -hmm. It makes it look like the industry has gone we are we are now taking you seriously here we go mm-hmm. you know so that makes everyone get on their game oh yes we can get a best picture nomination let's do this mm-hmm. so um if black panther wins again great for them but even better for the comic book movie industry exactly and that's how i look at it mm-hmm. so yeah for i mean i agree with everything however said, so the award that I'm really interested about is visual effects. You have, and I think, if I, I'd have to go back and double check, but I'm pretty sure the visual effects award is Infinity War, Black Panther, Solo, Ready Player One, and Christopher Robin. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Which is crazy. <laughs> um, I was kind of sad to see that uh, Solo was only nominated for visual effects, but that's okay. Yeah. I, I was, um, I kind of wish that Aquaman was up there, because like, the visual effects were so good, but... There's definitely some really good contenders on uh, right the now. Aquaman not being on the list. I'm not entirely sure what went down, but there was something I read about the Academy not recognizing the visual effects of Aquaman, and I don't know what that meant. And okay. James Wan, the director, was really upset. And, oh yeah, okay, and yeah. It, and it, the way the article was written almost made it sound as if for some reason the Academy is not counting that movie visual effects where they're like what are you talking about the whole the entire 70% of that movie is underwater <laughs> right. you, yeah you know no one's ever done something like this how could you not recognize it yeah so you know a, a lot of people are saying it got snubbed for uh, makeup as well and I've seen pictures of uh I don't know the. I think there it was the fisherman. The yes, fisherman I've seen race. a lot of clips and there's like, like a, yeah, a lot of pictures of those characters and their makeup just being like super impressive. And I saw it and I was like, oh, I thought those characters were all CG. Like that is awesome. I that thought those characters people. were all CG yeah. too. So, um, so yeah, that's the Oscars. I just wanted to say February twenty fourth. We'll all be at the edge of our seats waiting to see Black Panther. Hopefully, <laughs> um, I'll be I'll be watching it and making fun of everybody. only partially joking it's all in good well so let's talk about dc because there's some heavy dc news and then we got to roll into our top five because we're running sounds good um so first off dc comics is doing some layoffs we'll hit this first because i want to do this kind of in an order um i thought this was very interesting and you said dc comics right dc comics the comics specific comic books and company is doing layoffs um, as reported by the Hollywood Reporter, seven uh, seven of their 240 employees are expected to be let go, um, as three percent of the workforce in the latest organizational shuffle. Most of the layoffs effective uh, most of the layoffs affect the executive level of the comics publishing division. Rumors suggested that publishers Dan Dido and Jim Lee could be exiting the company. I found this is like when I read that I was like terrified. <laughs> but um, as I read through, uh, the Hollywood Reporter indicates not true with both Lee and Dido exiting. They will continue to play vital roles in the DC Comics executive level, which is great. Um, but to di- then we run down with uh, actual quotes. Um, let me see here. 
Okay, actual quotes um, that says, we recognize and appreciate that all of our employees have made considerable contributions to our business and that it's difficult to lose colleagues, many of whom have been here a long time and have made an important impact on DC. We thank them for their hard work and dedication to DC. As always, we are committed to taking care of our employees and will be as thoughtful as possible with those who are impacted by these changes. Together with Dan and Jim and the executive team, we have spent time assessing DC's business as well as the comic book publishing landscape. DC is going back to its roots of delivering epic stories with our world-class characters, stories, and brands. Being a premier house of storytelling will never go out of style, and we intend to ultimately, ultimately super serve our existing fans while providing new, compelling content that engages and excites even more fans around the globe. Rest assured, the direct market will remain at the heart of our business and will continue to be one of our greatest strengths. So, they're clearly like cleaning house with some executive stuff, and this could be linked to another story. Okay. That's why I wanted to bring this up. So, they're cleaning house, they're making some changes on the DC Comics level. They didn't say anything about Jeff Johns or anything like that. I don't know what Jeff Johns' situation is. Hopefully, he's still tinkering around. If, if I were to guess, I would assume Jeff Johns is stepping up to be more in charge of movies and TV a little bit. Like yeah, I, I had heard that too. Um, so <coughs> this was the most interesting one. So this comes from a statement from Warner Brothers chairman. Um, Warner Brothers is in, encouraged by the success of Aquaman, but not in every way fans might have hoped. Topping $1 billion at the global box office is great, but it doesn't make the studio any more eager to jump back into the shared universe game. WB may be happy enough with Aquaman 2 and other standalone projects. Notice he said Aquaman 2. Mm -hmm. um, we all feel like we're, we've turned a corner now. Warner Brothers Pictures Group Chairman Toby Emmerich told The Hollywood Reporter, We're playing the DC playbook, which is very different than the Marvel playbook. We are far less focused on a shared universe. We take it one movie at a time. Each movie is its own equation and its own creative entity. If you had to say one thing about us, it's that it always is, has to be about the directors. There are, there are at least a couple of DC directors who might disagree with Emmerich at this point. Marvel Studios will also say that it focuses on one movie at a time while building a cinematic universe, but that's not entirely the point here. The chairman of the studio has effectively said that what's being suspected and reported on, on ever, reported on ever since the box office failure of Justice League. Warner Brothers will focus on individual films franchises going forward. Now, so DC Comics is cleaning house, and Warner Brothers just laid out a DC plan for us, and they're going to do single standalone films instead of a shared universe. I feel like we kind of all knew this was coming. Yeah. Here's what's interesting, though. If you take a look at the DC animated universe from Batman, starting with Batman, the animated series, following Superman, Justice League, Justice League Unlimited, Batman Beyond, uh, Teen Titans, Young Justice, okay, mm -hmm. and then all the standalone DC movies. Right. If you watch them in an actual order of release, even though they are all their own separate thing, there is a continuity. Right. That lays out. Okay. They have, if you go over to the CW, uh, the DCW shows are all a shared universe. The movies up to this point have been shared. Aquaman is very clearly post-Justice League. We don't know what's coming after that because even though they're separate, one line of dialogue is connective tissue. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no. I, Sometimes I it's just the visual tone makes it connective tissue. There's a good chance five movies from now they're gonna go. We've put this together. Check this out. Mm -hmm. So and, I don't know what your thoughts on that. Uh, I, this is, I just thought that was crazy. I'm like DC <coughs> has told us what the plan is. So when we get to Joker, it's gonna be a Joker movie on its own because why not? Um, yeah. So I mean, like, okay. So my thoughts on the whole thing is I honestly like am really hopeful and op optimistic about this because. From what I hear is it sounds like they're focusing on individual movies, but it kind of sounds like a director can come in and make the movie he wants and he's not super beholden to like this larger blueprint. Right. So we're right. going to see more direct 
visions from movie makers, and it's going to be really exciting to see a lot of different kinds of DC superhero movies to be made. But I think in five years or five movies, they also might have a director who comes in who wants to do the big Justice League interconnected event film, and uh, when it's the right time for that, that still could happen, and he might take actors from all these different movies and we might have the sort of uh, shared universe big event we're all hoping for but I think the idea of kind of letting it happen organically and not trying to force it from the get-go might be a really smart if you, idea. So. If you go back to very very early interviews with Kevin Feige about the Marvel Cinematic Universe the F Marvel Phase 1 from Iron Man 1 in 2008 to the first Avengers film it happened organically. Mm -hmm. Kevin Feige, I, I could probably dig it up. I'd have to go digging through the internet, but I, I'm pretty sure I still have it. Kevin Feige um, has said in an interview that the button at the end of Iron Man 1 with Nick Fury, that bonus scene, they put in for fun as a thing for the fans yeah. for everyone to go cool. That was amazing. And then because the, of the response, they did it to Hulk. And then they did it to Thor. <laughs> right. By the time they got to Thor, they were like, hey, what if we actually did this? Yeah. So according to Kevin Feige, those first couple movies, there was no Avengers plan. The mm -hmm. idea was, we're just going to put these little cool scenes in there for fun. Once they got to Avengers 1, that's when they started plotting everything out. So if DC takes it slow and lets it build organically, that could be the best thing for them. Mm -hmm. so I'm just excited for it and then um, plus if it's like if there's a movie that's made that maybe fans don't react the best to which has happened in the past even though I love some of those movies that not everybody else loved but if so, that happens they're not necessarily beholden to that specific right. version of a character right. or something like now, that the big thing I think fans <coughs> want in terms of a shared universe and understanding mm -hmm. the shared universe is if you have Superman make a cameo in a movie, so like Aquaman 2, if you wanted Superman to make a cameo, you want it to be Henry Cavill. Yes. Not because you like Henry Cavill over with Superman's, you want consistency with your actors, like Marvel did. So your movie could be standalone, but make sure you have the cameo be done by the actor who played. So if you need Wonder Woman as a cameo, get Gal Gadot to come in and yeah. do that cameo. Don't get another actress. That is more connective tissue than anything else. But at the end of the day, like I said, if you look at past DC stuff, there's a continuity, even though there's not a continuity. Yeah. So just kind of pay attention to that. Um, so, but that brings me to my point of using an actor. We need to talk about some Batman news. Okay. And one of my favorite things to talk about is Batman. So I got to hit you with this news. <laughs> All right. We know Matt Reeves has said that his Batman movie is going to start filming in November. Okay, awesome. A script is done. Awesome. <laughs> Finally. Up to this point, the movie was titled The Batman. Yes. Apparently, that's not the case. Yeah, I heard, I heard about that. No one knows what the title is, but apparently the title is not The Batman. That's yeah. okay. It's still a standalone Batman movie. <laughs> The big news is that Ben Affleck is rumored to have renegotiated his contract with DC and is returning to the role. Sweet. Don't know how many movies that could be. It could just be the one. There is no solid confirmation of that happening. It's a rumor. So if we're talking consistency with actors, we know Affleck's a fan. He wouldn't have said he. He's gone on record saying that he's a huge Batman fan. You hear, you've heard Kevin Smith talk about how much of a fan Ben Affleck is. Yeah. It, as far as I'm concerned, Ben Affleck should just. You know. <clears throat> I think it's awesome. I mean, I um, knowing like hearing like through Kevin Smith and stuff how big of a Batman fan Ben Affleck was. I was super excited for him to be that character in the DC universe, and then when it. Once it kind of started to become in question, I guess you could say, I was kind of really worried. But knowing that he co he's coming back to the role, role, I think is just awesome. So sure. that's yeah, pretty no. much my thoughts on it at this point. Right. Uh, so that's amazing. And then the other thing I got to say about Batman is I recently there's a thing going on the internet right now. This there is no confirmation of DC Comics actually doing this or Warner Brothers doing this. But yeah. 
the idea of if you're going to do a Batman Beyond movie, now is the time to do a Batman <laughs> Beyond movie. Yeah. And everyone is like, the internet's kind of breaking a little bit in the with the news of, hey, we sh- if you're going to do this, have Michael Keaton come back to play old Bruce Wayne in the yeah. Batman Beyond movie. And everyone is like, every, like, I, it's like every other post I see on the internet is someone talking about this. Yeah. So I'm like, it, there's no solidness to this. There's no there's no actual Batman Beyond movie announced. Nothing like that's a thing. <coughs> if it's percolating around Warner Brothers, we don't know about it. I'm just saying that'd be amazing if it happened. So. Yeah, I mean, I'd love it. Yeah, it sounds awesome. <laughs> um, not, not a lot to say, but it just, yeah. Yeah, there's not a lot to say. All, it just sounds around. great. Yeah. So. Um, do you want to do the list? That's Sounds it for good, news. Yeah. So you want to get to the list? Yeah, for All right, sure. Ryan, we're going to do the top five list, so roll the thing. And now for the top five. Okay. So this is this list has been a long time coming because we realized we kind of jumped over some stuff, and you had uh, <laughs> and then you got sick, so we had to push it back even farther. Yeah. Uh, so tonight's list is we did top five uh, <laughs> movies we're excited for for 2019. We did yeah. top five television shows we're excited for for 2019. Tonight we're doing top five things in 2019 that are miscellaneous. It's just things we're excited for that might not necessarily be television or movies. Um, so I'm going to let you go first since I was kind of the leader in saying we should probably do a list like this. Sounds, so, sounds good. And I think you don't have any honorable I mentions. I have zero honorable mentions. So, uh... Because this is a hard... This was actually a hard list to kind of squeeze I, together. So. I had a hard time with this one, and I actually have some weird stuff on my list. But cool. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. Um, I also don't have a lot to say about this, right. this list. It's This is probably a shorter list that we've ever done, but these are just things we're looking forward to this year that are not necessarily related to... I mean, it's all pretty much entertainment on my list. I'm just saying... You know, right. the normal stuff we talk about. So, go ahead. Um, so, my, both my honorable mentions are actually video games. And uh, they're honorable mentions because I actually don't have a lot of time to play video games a lot. So, I don't know if I'll actually play them. But as far as just following, like, the art development of them and just kind of, like, observing them, like, I'm actually looking forward to. So, like, I know that sounds weird, but I kind of consider myself, like, a video game fan who doesn't have a lot of time to play video games most of the time as weird as that sounds but uh the first one on my list is uh medieval the uh, ps4 reboot of medieval that's coming out so the uh original medieval game i never owned but i I forgot they were i forgot they were doing this Mm -hmm. i had a uh, demo of and i actually played the demo quite a bit and uh i actually just like this is a game that aesthetically is just right up my alley like i really love the cartooniness of it and just kind of the creepy characters and stuff like that um the spyro reignited trilogy just recently came out on uh uh, ps4 as well and uh i think just a lot of the artwork and uh stuff like that the concept art developing that game has kind of come out and that's been just really cool to kind of see you know watch um all the stuff they've released for it so this is another situation like that that i'm kind of excited for that and then the other one is uh devil may cry 5 so okay this game uh i don't know if you've seen the trailer at all but it looks uh visually it's almost like i feel like it looks like the perfect game for me like it just looks so cool like everything's like really weird looking there's a lot of gore a lot of crazy monsters and like really badass to looking dudes fighting monsters so not a lot to say but this is another one that aesthetically just resonates with me a lot so excellent um well since i don't have any honorable mentions do you want me to just either take way the first I mean, pick that yeah way sure you're not doing three in a row <laughs> um so the first thing on my list is con season okay nice um so what i mean by that is we're about to start a whole new run of Cons for the I, year. I, I think I've I kind of matched this one with you, so okay. keep going. Yeah, this yeah. is just a whole new run of cons for the year. The first one out the gate will be C2E2, uh, at least for us here in the Chicago area, the Chicago Comic Entertainment Expo. Um, we will actually be there. Um, 
we don't have we're not going to have like a booth we're going to be walking around as press we're going to be like you know attending panels and wanting to report back not you know for if you can't go to the con we want to be able to tell you guys all the stuff that we saw so i'm excited to go um i've been many times but i'm excited to be there um following c2e2 we'll have wizard world chicago we'll have san diego comic-con we'll have you know news will be coming and con season is what that's all about uh celebration star wars celebration uh, will be later this year as well. I think that's in April. Um, I unfortunately would not be going because tickets sold out overnight. Yeah. The day of launch a year ago, last June when the <laughs> tickets went when the t- the tickets went on sale in June, they sold out in forty eight hours. I that that's insane. But yeah. it's in Chicago for the first time. But the news that'll come out of Star Wars Celebration, I'm looking forward to. Like I'm just excited in general because cons are fun. Yeah. So I almost think for uh, Celebration we should almost just drive up and hang out in the lobby and maybe interview some <laughs> yeah, fans right. and stuff like that um you said you kind of matched that <laughs> yeah i had um yeah just local conventions okay. like c2e2 um i'm really excited for and then uh yeah in uh august i think it usually matched. is is yeah uh wizard world chicago like those are my two musts but uh a couple of other conventions i got really excited about too um anime central is a you know huge anime one that I've been to a couple times. I don't know if I'll actually make it out, but I love that one. And then some of the other smaller ones, like Walker Stalker Con and stuff like that, is fun to go to when I right. get a chance. So, um, Cool. All right. Well, since we technically matched on the con yeah. stuff, um, I'll just go back to mine. My next pick is DC Animated Films. Okay. Um, DC releases all these straight-to-DVD or Blu-ray animated features. Um, Reign of the Superman comes out. Uh, so it's January 24th today. Yeah. Tuesday it'll be at my house. <laughs> um, we have Batman Hush later this year. We have Justice League versus the Fatal Five. Um, and I think there's a fourth one. Yeah, there's a Wonder Woman one that had they have yet to release the title of. It's just a Wonder Woman movie. But they're all great. Yeah. And they all just kind of come out randomly throughout the year. They usually tell us. DC's usually like, these are the movies that are coming out for the year awesome and then i just kind of like pre-order them all and they just show up (laughs) um but the one that i'm really excited about the most is batman hush that's one of my all-time favorite batman stories and they're doing it um animated so yeah i mean hush is such a uh, tentpole batman movie and or i mean batman story and uh it has like all you know pretty much the pantheon of batman villains in it so that'll be really cool to see like you'll probably see have you ever read it yeah yeah okay um, and then my, I think my favorite out of that list is, uh, Reign of the Superman is like one of my favorite comic stories ever, to be honest. So I haven't even watched the, uh, Death of Superman <laughs> movie yet, it's which I awesome. own and I need to watch it. I just haven't had the itch to yeah, watch it's it yet. Great. But yeah, that's a great one. I, um, I didn't pick that one because, uh, I guess I thought it would have fit more into the top five most anticipated movies, but that's definitely an awesome choice. Well, so. I just chose the DC animated films as a whole because there's many of them coming. Right. And um, I didn't want to put them in the movie category because I don't really go to the movies. You don't see them in theaters so much as you're just like, you, you get them at home and you watch them at your leisure and that kind of thing. So, nice. Um, okay, cool. Yeah. Um, so my uh, next pick is, uh, this one's where it gets a little weird, but uh, I'm excited for content for one of my favorite newer uh, YouTube channels. And that is Jablinski. Okay. Do you have any idea what this is? No. Or, okay. <laughs> so Jablinski is Jack Black's YouTube channel. And it literally oh. started probably about a month ago. And essentially what it was was Jack Black releasing this goofy video where he just talked about how he's starting a video gaming YouTube channel. And it's going to be bigger than PewDiePie. It's going to be bigger than Yacht, you know, all these other right. YouTubers. And... Uh, it took a couple weeks for him to actually review any video games besides, you know, yelling goofy stuff into the camera. But what it seems to be is uh, it's Jack Black going around to different arcade games with his sons and kind of having a blast at the arcade, arcade games, giving reviews of the games as well as just the arcade in general and, uh, you know, being his normal self. And it's it's super goofy, but I swear, like, Every time a new episode comes out, it just, like, puts me in, like, a really good mood. (laughs) Like, it's, like, really kind of uplifting and hilarious. Um, To kind of go with, like, an example of the goofiness of it, there's one uh, one of the episodes at the very end after he's done, like, telling his spiel about the arcade game. 
it it goes to credits where there's a short credit thing and uh in the background it's playing uh simple plans cover of scooby-doo <laughs> so just random like super goofy punk, pop punk song in the background and then it cuts to a shot of sal from impractical jokers for like 10 seconds i have no idea why but it's just like a hilarious juxtaposition so yeah i definitely high re- highly recommend that channel so right on okay um well my next pick um is a book actually okay um we talk a lot of television and a lot of movies, but I'm a really big reader. I read a lot. Um, I write a lot, so books are a big thing for me. I primarily read fiction as opposed to nonfiction. I read nonfiction when I'm doing research for stuff. Um, I read a really cool th- article about how people who read fiction have a stronger sense of empathy, um, just because they, you know, they deal with the emotional journey of characters mm-hmm. more than people who read nonfiction. Anyway, my favorite author, Matthew Riley, um, he's an Australian author, so sometimes getting his books are difficult for us here in the States, or they're delayed. Um, anyway, I've read, I own every book he's ever written. I've read them all multiple multiple times. I've read them all. They're fantastic. Nice. Um, right at the end of 2018, he released a book, I picked it up. I haven't read it yet. I said I'm working on this play right now. That is my personal reward to myself. When the play is over, I'm going to read that book. <laughs> I'll have it done in like two days, but that's my plan. <laughs> nice. But I didn't want that to distract me. So yeah. it's sitting on my shelf waiting for me, patient. like I'm just being patient. Um, but la- later this year, uh, like in March, he's releasing another book um, called The Secret Runners of New York. And he's... And it's going to be about time travel. And he is a very action... He writes primarily action thrillers. Yeah. And they are nonstop. They get you from the opening of the book, and they don't let go until the end. Every single one of his books is like a gun being held... It's like you're being held at gunpoint to turn pages. <laughs> you cannot put them down. <laughs> nice. Um, I like to think there are two types of books in this world. There are the books that you read where... You're flipping pages at night and you think to yourself, all right, one more chapter and then I'm going to go to bed because i got to work in the morning. And then there's the books that you go, one more chapter and I'm going to go to bed. And then suddenly it's 2 o'clock in the morning and you've read like 200 pages and you're like, oh my God, I have to go to bed, but I can't put this down. (laughs) And then in two days the book's done. Um, Those are my favorite books to read because I don't ever want the story to stop. I'm on the journey with the characters. I'm emotionally invested and I never want the story to end. Every single book Matthew Riley writes is like that. I never want to stop reading those books. Yeah, um, and that's probably why I've read them. The few that I, the the ones that I've read multiple times, I have read multiple times. So I have the one waiting for me on my shelf, and apparently there's a new one coming out early this spring. <laughs> nice. So I'm really excited for that one. So great. Yeah, yeah. sounds awesome. Go ahead. Um, okay, so every once in a while, a uh, movie comes out that I'm just super hyped for, and I have to. Uh, read everything about it before I see it. So, like, I'll look up spoilers, I'll look up production, um, updates, all that. You know, in the past, it's been things like uh, Star Wars Episode One when I was in middle school or um, uh, Batman v Superman mm-hmm. most recently. So the movie that's filming this year that I'm really excited about is actually Jay and Silent Bob reboot. <laughs> so <laughs> anything that uh, Kevin Smith or Jason Mewes post about it, any updates I can get, I'm just going to eat up because I'm so excited about this movie. So um, I'm really excited about this movie <coughs> as well. I follow Kevin Smith very heavily. I listen to, like, he, he hosts, like, what, eight different podcasts? <laughs> Something like that. I listen to three of them <laughs> uh, religiously, and any piece of information he drops about this movie, like, I'm just so, I'm so excited for the possibility of what this movie can be. Yeah. Um, if you've never seen Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, the idea is is that these two guys, who, like these two people who are real life people, got their lives turned into a comic book. Like they, a comic book, these writers decided that they wanted to make a comic book about them, so they yeah. did. Well, then, unbeknownst to these characters, these people, Jay and Silent Bob, the comic book was sold to be movie to be made into a movie. They freaked out because they weren't getting paid for it and decided to go to Hollywood to stop their movie from being made. <laughs> right. And... Mostly it was just they wanted their big fat paycheck. At the end of the day, the movie got made. It doesn't matter if the movie was good or not, but all the movie references that exist within the movie, Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, and all that stuff happens. Now Kevin Smith is going to write Jay and Silent Bob Rebooted, 
and in a, and he's already talked about this in a world of reboots and sequels and remakes. This is the story of a movie getting remade. So it's going to be a remake. It's basically going to be a sequel to a movie that's about a movie getting made. So it's basically like a movie. It's very meta. It's very. Yeah. Um, it's a sequel within a sequel <coughs> within a reboot within a remake. Yeah. So, like, I cannot wait for the jokes on that subject matter. Aside from the fun, the jokes that are going to happen anyway, because those movies are hilarious. Yeah, for so, sure. Um. Yeah, I'm very excited for this too. Nice. So. <laughs> That's awesome. Um. My go. Yeah. All right. So mine's actually a video game. Okay. Uh, Kingdom Hearts three. Oh, of course. Yeah. Um. I was a big fan of this series. Kingdom Hearts 1 and 2, um, I did the math on it, so we've been waiting almost 15 years for Kingdom Hearts 3, so this is very long awaited. Um, it has been on pre-order for, I've had it on pre-order for two years now, Okay. because wow. they announced a release date, the pre-orders went up, and then the game has been consistently pushed back and pushed back <laughs> and pushed back and pushed back. Yeah. And when a game gets pushed back like this... You think to yourself, well, clearly there's a problem, but I don't want them to give it to us until it's perfect. Make the game right before you release it. So we've been waiting a very, very long time for this game. Um, if you've never played Kingdom Hearts, you don't know what it is, someone had the brilliant idea of taking all the characters from the Final Fantasy game franchise and putting them in the world of Disney. And it sounds weird until you play it, and then you're like, this, is al- this should always be a thing. And it's charming, it's funny, it's heartfelt, it's exciting, it's adventurous. It's it's basically everything you want in a story, plus, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so I'm very excited, and again, it's going to show up, right? It's going to show up at my house. Like I said, I've had it on pre-order for a really long time. It's going to show up at my house right before my play happens, and it's going to have to sit on the <laughs> shelf for like two weeks before I can nice. actually touch it. And I'm refusing to touch it. So anyone who knows me and wants to reach out and chat podcast stuff or just chat in general, do me a favor and be respectful of spoilers around me regarding that game. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> but I'm yeah. really, really excited. Nice. That's so. awesome. I mean, it's really exciting. I think it's cool that uh, I isn't uh, Big Hero 6 going to be part of this one, too? Yeah. So which takes place in the Marvel universe, so... I don't know Big Hero 6 it's a Marvel, is It's considered. based on a Marvel com- comic. Oh, it is? Yeah. Okay. Well, they haven't announced that there's going to be... I, I don't think it's part of the MCU, but it's definitely so, a Marvel comic. Big Hero 6 is a part of it. Frozen, Tangle, <coughs> um, Hercules, like, all these places. Uh, they haven't done Pirates of the Caribbean. They haven't announced if Star Wars or Marvel are actually in there. Those could be surprises. Yeah. I mean, that's... So. I, I feel like that's a big thing people have speculated for a while, like... Will Kingdom Hearts bring Star Wars and Marvel into it, and will it be this just massive, amazing oh, crossover? Oh, the, the Toy Story world looks amazing. Like, you actually, when you go into the Toy Story world, your characters actually become toys. Yeah. And you're in Andy's bedroom, and um, yeah. And then they have the Monsters, Inc. world they showed off, and like, I'm just... The Monsters, Inc. world looks cool, and uh, Goofy looks freaky as I will. I will say this. <laughs> um, there is a Kingdom Hearts mobile game on your phone. Uh, so if you go to your App Store, iOS, and Android, Kingdom Hearts mobile game, it's called Kingdom Hearts Union Cross. It's free. It's an ad-free game, so there's no ads in it. Yeah. I've been playing this game for, like, two years now. It's amazing. Nice. I, I'm hyper-addicted. Every day at lunch, I turn, take my phone, turn it sideways, <laughs> eat my lunch while I play the game. It's cool. so good. It's basically like a, it's basically a dungeon crawler role-playing game. Okay. In a, nice. in, in a, in a, in a way. Really in-depth story. It, I, I can't put it down, so... Yeah. Nice. Yeah, really, really good if you're looking for a good addictive game to play. Um, so, yeah, Kingdom Hearts 3, that was my next one. Go ahead. <laughs> Sweet. Okay, so I realize I'm coming to a point in my list where it might cross over with another thing you said before. Um, when you talked about con season, you mentioned San Diego Comic-Con. Yeah. So I have that. I didn't realize it till just a second ago, but I have that as a separate part of my list. Oh, that's it's fine. Just we can make San Diego. The... San Diego Comic-Con is, me personally, I feel like it's my Super Bowl. Like, this is the one televised event every year that I'm just super pumped for. I've got to follow every announcement. I've got to just, you know, sit there for the whole, like, weekend or, like, half week, really, and just sit there and just 
consume as much news about this event as I can. And, you know, eventually half of the things that are announced come out and I'm, you know, I might even be disappointed in a lot of them, but the anticipation and the excitement of San Diego Comic-Con, I just love. I know you do the same thing, yeah. essentially. Yeah, but. I'm, I'm glued to the laptop that weekend <laughs> and you're just looking for news and articles yeah. and, like, who's telling what and that kind of thing, so. I usually like to have, like, my laptop, like, have an article that I'm reading about San Diego Comic-Con while I'm, like, thumbing through Twitter on my phone and watching, like, a live stream of, like, the con floor on the TV or something like right. that. But, yeah, as much as I can soak in when that's going yeah. on is always awesome. So All right. Well, we're down to my last pick. For sure. And uh, my last pick is Star Wars <coughs> at Disney World. Okay, yeah. So Star Wars is releasing a, well, Disney is <laughs> opening up their Star Wars theme park. It's called Galaxy's Edge. Now, I've had a lot of conversations with people who I know that are big Disney files, and they've gone to the park, like Disney World, and they tell me that uh, Galaxy's Edge is not is already open. I will tell you this. I have been following this so closely since the merger of Disney, to, uh, Disney and Lucasfilm that I can assure them that it is not open <laughs> and they don't know what they're talking about, right. even though I've never been there. Bob Iger, chairman of, C- chairman of Disney, has said that the... Anaheim, California, Star Wars Galaxy Edge Park opens in June. June, which means it's not open in California. (laughs) The Orlando location, the park doesn't open until the fall. So if you're seeing Star Wars stuff around Disney World or going to Star Tours, yeah, that's been open for a very, very long time, decades actually. The Star Wars stuff has just been around. The actual Star Wars theme park, Galaxy's Edge, is completely brand new. I've been planning a uh, trip to Disney for the past few years, like trying to save money, Mm -hmm. you know, that kind of thing, knowing that this park is happening. Um, Because of the, they're estimating 200,000 people minimum first day, you know, like first day opening for that park. I'm kind of waiting. I'm not going right away. I want to enjoy it, but I want the crowd to die a little bit before, uh, you know what I mean? So i pick a good time of the year to go. Um, I'm just really excited for this. The level of immersive experience they tried to put in it, because they're saying everyone will have their own individual Star Wars journey throughout this park. I guess one of the rides, one of the biggest rides that you have to go on is like the Millennium Falcon ride. So you actually pilot the Millennium Falcon. Yeah. But I guess your awesome. performance on the ride, and I don't know how this works, but I guess the performance on the ride dictates how the rest of the park the treats heck? you. <laughs> okay. So if I go into if I go into the can- so it's a, a real life like right. RPG. So, right. So yeah. if I go into the cantina, <clears throat> if I go into the cantina and order a drink, they're gonna someone might be like, hey. The boss wasn't happy how you crashed the ship or... You know what I mean? Like, nice. who knows? Like, I, I really don't know how this is going to work, but they keep talking about how it's immersive. When you go to Disney World, uh, the Magic Kingdom, and you see Mickey walking around, and you're like, oh, it's Mickey, and you run over and get a picture, and they stop and pose with you and take a picture, that doesn't happen in Star Wars. If you see a squad of stormtroopers, they're on guard. There are stormtroopers, you're in the world. <laughs> so if you try and go take a picture, they might be like, okay, move along because they're in character and they're not supposed to break. Apparently battles can happen just in the middle of the public and you are just there. Like, everything is supposed to be hyper-immersive. I don't know how... There's two big rides, apparently. Uh, One called, like... uh, There's the Millennium Falcon and one's, like, the Rise of the Resistance or something like that. I don't... I think that's what it's called. Okay. But um, the other thing that's linked to this is they have the Star Wars-themed hotel. And from what I've been reading, the hotel is part of the story, and okay. it's capped at two nights. So you can only stay in the hotel for two oh, nights okay. because they have to usher everyone else, everyone through for the story. And they give you, and the hotel has no windows. Yeah. So the windows in the hotel are showing you scenes of space, or the planet you're on, or whatever. You know what I mean? Like that's insane. This is this is all like just so awesome. Like, like right, this. and I guess I guess at the hotel they provide you with the attire. <laughs> okay. Like, like Jedi robes or whatever they don't want you wearing. They don't want you wearing your yeah. normal clothes. Uh, Peter's coughed like twelve times. Sorry. This, yeah. So I hope it's not bothering anyone. Like you said, he's getting over a cold. Yeah. But the the level of immersive uh, detail that they're putting into this. 
um, I cannot wait to see with my own eyes. Yeah. So when I finally go, I will be reporting back. Um, but I've been I've been dying for this for years, and we're about to get it. So yeah, it sounds great. Like I was just honestly excited to go someday go go there and spend like a little bit of time in the cantina like oh it'd be awesome to just actually be in the well, cantina that's the, that's and get the a dream drink. you just want to go in and order a drink at the cantina yeah, exactly. you, watch, you watch the original star wars and you <laughs> and you come off of the original star wars and you go i really want to go to that bar and yeah. order a drink um, but then it's just so much more immersive than i could have ever imagined and just hearing what i said exactly yeah um, and oh Sorry, one of the th- I'll let you finish the thing, but one of the things Bob Iger did say, and this has everyone's head scratching, because everything has to be in your face and close to the audience and all that stuff, because things have to happen around you. He said in a shareholders meeting, we have figured out lightsabers. End of quote. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what that means, but if they figured out a way to do lightsabers for real in front of people amazing that's great yeah. you know what i mean like i can't wait mm-hmm. so no that's that's so awesome um yeah i can't wait either, I'm, a, I'm, a li- so. I'm a lifelong star wars fan and i've been waiting for this forever and yeah so um the last thing i was gonna say was simply like you're talking about how the people who worked there the people dressed as stormtroopers and bartenders and just like all the actors who work there as a Star Wars fanboy, that's, like, the ultimate job you could ever have is, like, yeah, I get to live in the Star Wars in universe Star Wars. every day. So, yeah. I mean, anybody who has that, I'm jealous of, and hopefully they're paid well, because right. that just sounds like an awesome They job. have released some pictures of some things, <coughs> I've, it, again, it's just awesome. So. Right. Nice. Um, so that would lead into my last pick, I believe. Yeah. Um, so mine's actually a little bit more of a personal thing, but kind of as a... Uh, New Year's resolution, um, I actually kind of want to start making more money off of my artwork. Um, for those of oh, you, right you who don't know, like I'm an artist and I'm pretty happy with where my skill level's at and uh, I've kind of got some things going on right now, like I'm trying to get some uh, t-shirts made and stuff like that and I'll have more information on that in the future. But yeah, that was kind of my thing is just to kind of, you know, put get start making something off of the artwork that I'm making and then... I also have a, a webcomic that I haven't updated in a long time, so I'm hoping to do some more uh, comic work in 2019. Right so, on. yeah. Cool. And that would conclude my list, essentially. That concludes so. the list, <laughs> and that brings us to the end of the episode. So, I think we did it. We have another episode in <laughs> the can. Sure. Um, so, you're going to... No, that's good. I was going to say, Peter's about to cough as I trail off here. Um, so, first and foremost, uh, thank you so much to all of our listeners who listen to us. Um if you want to subscribe to us, we are on iTunes. You can subscribe to us through the uh, our website, top5report.com. Uh, leave us a review. It makes it sound like we say important things. We say things, and those things become important things, and that's um, really important to us to know that you guys are out there. The other thing is if you subscribe to us, you will never miss an episode. So uh, as we continue to fill your ears with this uh, our little audio journey... Um, if you'd like to interact with the show, send us an email, top5report at gmail.com. If you want to follow us on Facebook and Twitter, it's top5report. Uh, you can follow oh, me. No, sorry, we ahead. missed a big thing. Sure. A very big thing. I never, We never talked about what next week's episode is. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> we did. That's that's huge. If you're, if you're <laughs> listening to us for the you. first time, I totally messed that up. So how about this? I'll finish credits, and then we'll go to there. Okay, um, fair enough. You can follow me personally. I'm Drew at um, I'm on Twitter at Drew three nine two seven. Peter, can they get yeah, you? Yeah, uh, follow me at uh, Ninja Pierre on Twitter. Yeah, and everything's right. linked through there. So. All right, if you this is the first time listening to us, usually when we finish the top five, <laughs> we uh, find out what next week's episode is. So uh, before we close everything out, Peter, what are we doing? Because it's yeah. your pick. Um, so a couple weeks ago, I was talking about the show You on Netflix that I got really into. And uh, that show got me thinking about a specific kind of story um, because the main character is actually essentially a villain. And so I thought it'd be fun to do top five movies where the main character is a villain. So w- anti-hero type thing. I think yeah, I think it's if we play looser with it, it'll give us more possibilities and stuff. So I'm fine if it's like a lot more of a loose thing, but just the char- the main character doesn't have to be the villain of the story necessarily but yeah like a bad guy the villain's like a bad a guy villain, yeah uh, bad guy with a heart of gold kind of thing i mean it could be i mean 
I, I'll let it leave it open to interpretation. You and I might talk offline a little bit about. Okay, this. fair enough. So just so I can clarify before I come go make my list. So right now, if you're playing along at home, <coughs> top five movies with a villain is actually the good guy, and I automat I already okay. have a movie in my head that'll at the very least will be an honorable mention. Um, so like I said, I already ran the credits. So for the top five <laughs> report, I'm Drew. I'm Peter. We'll see you guys next week. Thanks.